You're listening to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tom Gazzola with you from TSN 1260, Edmonton Sports Leader, as we get you set for the weekend. Tonight is the NHL's Draft Lottery. Be sure to tune in. If you're watching, it'll be on Sportsnet. If you're down in the States, NBC Sports Network. If you're in Quebec, TVA or TVA, I believe they call it, in Quebec. NHL Network will have it, and uh, I think some of the NHL's digital channels will be carrying the draft lottery. I really, really, really hope that it just goes simply and that one of the teams with the highest percentages wins, maybe Ottawa, so that we don't have to look at phase two of the draft because if a team from the 8 to 15 grouping wins, then we've got to go to phase two and then maybe phase three and so on and so on. Then all these numbers and complicated equations that uh, Tom's brain can't process come into the mix. So uh, my colleague at TSN 1260, Jason Greger says he wants to see carnage. He wants to see the craziness ensue for me. Keep it simple. One of those bad teams that has the highest percentages of winning. Hopefully they win. We can be done with it. Then focus on the draft in August, whatever that we can move on and shift and redirect our focus back to return to play. We're going to talk about that as well a little bit. But, uh, yeah, tune in to the draft lottery. I know it's sort of hockey being back, kind of, to a certain extent, but uh, nothing happening on the ice just yet. However, the right to pick Alexi Lafreniere on the line tonight in the NHL. Speaking of the situation with the NHL and its hub cities, a few tweets to read out, a couple little storylines to uh, throw your way uh, in regard to Edmonton and Calgary and Flames and Oilers camps. Uh, Ryan Rashog tweeted this out on Friday. Notable that for Flames and Oiler players returning from across the border, a seven-day quarantine is required with multiple tests in that time before they are allowed to enter Phase 2 and get on the ice in their small groups. Rashog tweeted this out on Thursday, and he says uh, he can report that Alberta's chief medical officer of health has signed off fully on a hub city health and safety plan presented to province by OEG. This plan, he is told, fully checks all the boxes required by the NHL. The second part of this tweet says this includes protocols in the event of any positive tests during the event as well as all details on the bubble concept and how to ensure its security. So whatever details are causing a snag in BC don't appear to be holding up the Alberta bid in any way. And the big news on Thursday was that Vancouver's bid is out, essentially, after there was a snag. So Pierre Lebrun followed up on Friday uh, with this story coming from TSN. The wait will continue on the NHL's Hub City announcement. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly told TSN Hockey Insider Pierre Lebrun that it does not appear a decision will be reached on Friday. Lebrun's tweet says, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly says it doesn't appear as though the Hub City's decision slash announcement will come today. Still more to iron out, so we'll see what the weekend brings. The other thing that Lebrun says is, the sense I get is it's extremely close between Edmonton and Toronto bids. Both seem to have provincial health clearance. One source involved gave slight edge to Toronto, but wasn't ready to call it yet. Players will have more discussions this morning on it and get back to the league. So there you go. I mean, here's here's the thing. And looking at Vegas still 
if you think Vegas is a lock or if Vegas really is dialed in, the one thing that is interesting that the league keeps pushing this announcement back, they said that they were going to maybe announce it as early as this past Monday or Tuesday, and we're going to be going into a full week later before we hear an announcement on a Hub City scenario. What's interesting is what's going on in Las Vegas and Nevada. Nevada has had this massive seven-day uptick, nowhere near as bad as Arizona or California or Texas or Florida, but still significant to the point where the governor made masks mandatory in the state of Nevada. And on Thursday, it was just under 500 new cases in the state of Nevada. And then on Friday, it was just under 400 new cases in the state of Nevada. So things are are swinging up in a big way there. And, you know, we've seen a bit of an uptick in Alberta, but not significant. And I think there's been a bit of a wake-up call here, certainly. And people are, I think, handling and heeding that warning from what they're seeing in terms of an uptick in positive cases. Not a huge one. Again, I'll reiterate that. And now that Vancouver's out of the running, it might come down to Edmonton and Toronto if the league is really delaying this. And I think that Nevada's numbers, to me at least, it's a red flag. It's a red flag, the spike in their numbers, although it's not as significant as its neighboring states. I would be worried and concerned if I'm the NHL. Now, the good thing that Bill Daly, Gary Batman, Donald Fear from the PA have done is they've not announced anything. They haven't locked in a deal like the NBA or MLS has in Florida. And I think this was a smart play because they could watch and see what was happening with the COVID numbers in potential hub cities. And I'm wondering if the Nevada numbers might force the NHL to just say, we're going to take this to Canada where it's safer, the numbers are better, and the scenario and risk is much, much better for the NHL. And it opens the door to playing and with limited or lesser degree of risk as opposed to Las Vegas, as good as Las Vegas might be as a hub city and all the amenities it provides. If safety truly is the number one factor and they want to get the season in, maybe the NHL is looking at just moving it to Edmonton and Toronto. Play it safe, get it over and done with efficiently, and then refocus on next season. Um, I don't know why you want to play with fire when you have a big spike like in Nevada or a significant one, the NHL has plenty of options in Canada and it could just take the game to Canada and make it work. So we'll see how this all plays out. Should be very, very interesting. Pierre Lebrun saying we should see an announcement potentially next week. So the timeline slides yet again. Guys, I'm here to tell you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars are delicious. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, a chocolate bar, whatever you want to call it. There's 16 great flavors, eight with nut, eight with nut-free options. And of course, the bars are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are definitely healthy, and it's a great health conscious choice for the health conscious guy or gal out there. If you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, Built Bars, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Flavor profile, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. 
Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You're listening to Locked On Oilers. Happy Friday, everybody. Let's hear from some members of the 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame induction class. Of course, a significant Edmonton presence when it comes to this year's class. You've got Jerome McGinley from St. Albert, the great longtime flame. And then, of course, Ken Holland, GM and President of Hockey Operations of the Edmonton Oilers. Currently, he's been elected as a builder. And then the first ever draft pick in Oilers history, the first guy to score a goal. For the Oilers in the National Hockey League, he's played the most games as an Oiler. He is Kevin Lowe. He has worn every possible hat for the organization, and he is going in as a player in what was, I believe, his 20th year of eligibility. So we're going to start with Kevin Lowe, then we'll hear from Kenny Holland, and then we'll wrap things up with this day in hockey history. Here is Hall of Famer Kevin Lowe. Kevin, congratulations. Um, Thank you, Adam. I, I know much has been made about uh, you having to wait two decades to, to hear this news, but on your phone conversation with Lanny McDonald, you said uh, you, you never really felt like a Hall of Famer, which kind of struck me as strange, you know, given all the success you had on the ice. Um, I wonder now that you've had time to kind of think about things, has your, has your thinking changed? Uh, no, it hasn't. Um... Yeah, I, I, yeah, you'd you'd expect a response. Yeah, no, I've thought about it, and I'm definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, just joking there, but um, you know, I I've said this a number of times now. Like I, when I think of the Hall of Fame, I think of you know, Orr and uh, Gordy Howe and John Beliveau, Gretz Mess, those types of guys, and you know, I just never saw myself. Uh, and I'm not comparing myself to them, but that's, you know, that's what the Hall of Fame means to me. Uh, I know there's other, other uh, um, elements of what people can do to get in there. But, uh, I mean, I've listened, don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled. Uh, I'm very proud. I'm, I've been numb for, uh, uh, since I talked to Lanny uh, about 24 hours ago now. And, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really humbled by... Uh, by what's happened and, uh, and, and, you know, proud to go in, uh, another one for the Oilers, which is, is very cool. And, and, uh, uh, I'm going to, I listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not show up in November when the hall of fame induction ceremony takes place. And I'll certainly uh, be up there with a lot of pride, but, uh, um, uh, you know, I, those guys are some of the player, greatest players in the history of the game. And, and I know I've achieved a lot in my career, uh, on the winning side, but um, I can't say that uh, uh, I really ever saw myself as a Hall of Famer. Kevin, uh, congratulations. Grand Fear had an interesting comment yesterday, how he felt, you know, the orders were always considered the greatest offensive team and everybody focused on their offense. And you just said you'd never maybe consider yourself a, a Hall of Famer. Is that because you think naturally we look at the offensive side and, it, and it's maybe hard to quantify defensive play and do you think with Guy Carboneau going in and yourself now that maybe people will try to find ways to quantify the defensive side more than they have in the past yeah I mean it certainly looks that way with Guy going in um, um, I uh, 
Yeah, I'm not sure if they've changed the criteria a bit too, Jason. I, I don't know that, but um, I think that uh, no question they have said this before. I mean, most people go to the, the games to watch lots of goals, to watch the goal scorers. Uh, they don't necessarily go to watch, you know, people defending. Uh, we were the, uh, you know, we're, we're the anti-offense, the guys that try to prevent it. But, but I, I think it was uh, Jacques Lemaire that said, uh, you know, there's, there's two nets on the ice and, um, and both are equally important. Uh, for obvious reasons. So, um, you know, perhaps the Hall is, is recognizing that. I mean, the, the, the game playing in the NHL should be for everyone uh, is to try to win the Stanley Cup. And uh, it's extremely hard to win one, uh, let alone six. So I think obviously that had a, that had a big piece of it. And, and I think that, um, and I've, I'm, you know, the words are coming out. The stories are coming out about uh, some of the lobbying by my uh, former teammates and colleagues and coaches and friends. And that, that, you know, at the end of the day, if I didn't get in, uh, it would have been okay because, you know, those are the people that, uh, you know, have the best memories with, but uh, it really made me feel good to, to see those people go to bat for me. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I'm not sure if you'll see a run of defensive players, but uh, certainly people recognize that you can't win championships without good defense. Next question, uh, back to Jason Greger, TSN Radio. Go ahead, Jason. Kevin, you you made seven all-star teams. You mentioned the the six Stanley Cups, but you also got to play in, in the best-on-best best tournaments. Uh, very different than the NHL. Can you talk about that experience for you? Yeah, 84 was, um, you know, uh, Canada had been humiliated in 81. Uh, so there was, there was a lot riding on, on our shoulders uh, to, you know, to bring the glory back to Canada. Um, you know, Glenn appeared to go out on a limb and take a lot of Oilers. Uh, and, you know, we were able to deliver the championship. That was, that was, uh, it's not like winning the cup because it's such a short time frame. You know, the cup is a, you know, it's the, it's a process of an entire year. And then you got two months of grueling hockey in the playoffs. But having said that, you know, I grew up watching the 72 series and um, like, you know, most people of our vintage and uh, it, it's special to play in the best on best. I didn't get to play in 87 and 91, both camps I was invited to and both, times I was injured so I like to think that I could have experienced uh, certainly would have been good enough to make the 87 team not sure about the 91 team but um, uh, those 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 times playing for Canada best on best uh, uh, my experiences with the Olympic team as well as uh, are those are cherished memories uh, I mean the cups are on the top of the heap for sure but uh, uh, feel blessed that I had an opportunity to experience you know another level of hockey uh, next question, John Sexsmith, uh, Global. Go ahead, uh, John. Hey, Kev, a hearty congratulations. Thanks, John. When you consider all you've done in and for the game as a player, as a coach, GM, in the front office, Hockey Canada, how much more gratifying is the long Hall of Fame wait? Yeah, it, um, 
you know, what's really gratifying about it is, is now that my, my kids are all mature young adults. Uh, so it, it's, it's, you know, a greater experience for them. Uh, unfortunately, my mom passed away last summer and she was my biggest fan besides my wife. And, uh, and she was hoping, uh, to see it someday. Um, but I would say, mom, listen, uh, you know, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but, uh, you know, I have uh, support of all my teammates and, and really uh, what would you rather see all those, uh, which would you have rather have done all those Stanley Cup celebrations or one Hall of Fame uh, celebration? And she said, yeah, the cups are pretty good. Um, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, I didn't know what to, to expect, John. Um, it was, uh, I don't, I guess I was a little bit shocked when Lanny phoned because it had been 20 years and, and I understood that I, you know, I understood I probably didn't have the, the stats that, that separated me or put me in the hall of fame, but, uh, uh, for whatever reason it worked out this time. And, uh, it's, it's very gratifying. I'm very thrilled. I, I, now when I give the tour of the hockey hall of fame room at Rogers place, um, I, I can, uh, you know, I can, I, you know, people have asked me before, well, how come you're not up there? And I go, oh, I don't know. It's, it's not for me to decide that, but now I don't have to explain that anymore. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all hosts' donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. We heard from Kevin Lowe about his induction into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Time now to hear from Oilers President of Hockey Operations and General Manager Ken Holland, also a member of the 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame induction class. Ken, I, I guess you had some time to think about the potential of, uh, of getting the call, but when it finally happened, yesterday did it mean more to you than maybe than maybe you previously thought I mean you've spent your life in hockey and for this to finally happen uh hi Adam uh you know I was totally shocked uh, I I, uh, I mean I I knew that it was uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame induction week I hadn't uh, um been you know, I knew there was a lot of speculation on who was going to go in uh, you know obviously Jerome McGinley uh first time up and um so I, I wasn't, you know, I hadn't thought about it. And, and uh, yesterday about one o'clock, um, the phone rang. It was a 403 number. I didn't know where it was. And uh, I answered the call. And it was uh, Lanny McDonald. And I, at that point in time, it clicked that uh, Lanny was calling me for a reason. And, uh, um, you know, so uh, an amazing moment. And, and, and when we were done, I talked to my wife and, quickly had time to call our four children and let them know before uh, it went uh, out on Twitter and stuff. And then uh, what I tried to do yesterday is I was basically on the phone uh, or texting till about, uh, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock last night, all the people that have reached out to me, I got a whole bunch to do today and tomorrow yet. Um, so I'm, 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 uh, I've been, I've been in the game a long time and, uh, I feel fortunate that I've made, I've made, I've met a lot of people on the line. They've reached out to me and I, I do want to reach back either by text or by, by call. So, uh, 
lots of texting and lots of lots of phone calls uh, yesterday, today, and I'm uh, pro probably tomorrow. Well, Ken, congratulations, a well-deserved honor. I hope you had a beer or two celebrating. But uh, Ken, one of the biggest reasons to your success was drafting, and as a GM. You have to trust your scouts, right? Especially your European scouts where you didn't get to see those guys maybe as much. Can you talk about your philosophy and knowing, you know, when to trust the guy and, you know, how much did they have to sell you on certain players to get you to want to draft them? Uh, thanks, Jason. Um, you know, great question. I think uh, exactly what you s just said is, you know, yesterday when I got the call and as, as, as the day went on, you know, I, I had an opportunity at times to reflect on all the people, you know, when you, that, that have impacted and had and, and, and been major players in, in my life and in, in helping uh, me get the call yesterday. You know, when you go in as a builder, um, there's scouts and there's pro scouts and amateur scouts and there's coaching staffs and there's administration people. So uh, yesterday I, I, I reached out to talk to you. Jim Nill, who was my assistant manager, we played junior hockey together. He ran the draft for the uh, for the Red Wings uh, probably about the first ten years um, when I was manager. Uh, I got a text. I haven't read the call, but I got a call. Joe McDonnell exchanged text with Hawk and Anderson, who was our European scout. And certainly the drafting that uh, that you know led by Jim Nill, Joe McDonnell, and Hawk and Anderson was really um, a key component, I guess, in us to be able to be in Detroit, uh, a playoff team for, you know, over two decades. And uh, when one, you know, as, as, as that group of players, Iserman and Fedorov and Shanahan and, and uh, the, the Russian five, as, as, as they, their time came, um, all of a sudden Zetterberg and Datsuk and Cronwell and Hoodler and Philpla and Howard and uh, Erickson and Franson showed up. And that really was the, 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 the work of Jim Neal, Joe McDaniel and, and Hawk and Anderson making the, the key decision. And I would say to you, Jason, I think, you know, I think it depends where your team is at. You know, when, 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 when we were in the building mode in, in Detroit the last few years, and you look, you know, you get to Christmas time, and it looks like you're going to miss the playoffs. You're going to get a high pick. I went back out in the road, and I I was heavily involved in the in the draft. When your team is Christmas time, it looks like you're going to be in the playoffs. The time is now. The, the, you know, you're going to if you're going to pick twenty to thirty, you got to count on your people, and I got to work with the coach and and be around the team and be prepared for the trade deadline to try to make a make an addition or two that you think is going to make a difference. Um, come come playoff time. So I think a lot of it depends on where your team is at, as to what the managers, how involved the manager is in the uh, in the entry draft. And and the years that I was in Detroit, certainly we were a, we were a playoff team, and, and many years we were a, you know one of the you know the top five, six, seven in the in the league in points. So I was really relying on Jim Nill, uh, Joe McDonnell, and, and Hawk and Anderson uh, to oversee and run the draft for the. Uh, for the Red Wings, and they are key people um, as to why I got the call yesterday. Ken, uh, congratulations. I'm sure you must be thrilled. Uh, it's, it's uh, I'm sure, a great day for you yesterday. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, you said you got off the phone with Lanny McDonald, or you had a call with uh, with Lanny McDonald, and once you put down that phone, who did you think of first? I mean, I know you're, you uh, have tremendous respect for Jim Damoletto, but I'm wondering if, if it was him or if there's somebody from your childhood or maybe even your junior days that, that really kind of helped you along the way that uh, you, you really thought of first? 
Well, first was my family. You know, I, you know, I think about, um, Cindy and I've been married just, we just had our celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary here about, you know, end of May. Um, and, 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 you know, we, the early years of scouting the time away from, uh, from home on road trips, when you scout in Western Canada, it's, you know, it's not like you go an hour and a half away. I mean, it's, it's, you're on the road a lot. So certainly my, as I was trying to pursue my passion, Cindy was supporting me back home and in, 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 in um, raising our kids. And then I think about our four kids that uh, I tried to be as many, as many events as possible, you know, the, the, the Christmas plays, but I, I missed a lot of things because I was on the road and I, I was trying to impress Neil Smith and Jim Devolano, the, you know, as they hired me to be the Western Canvas scout to try to, you know, solidify a position as a, as a, as a, as a, as a scout. So those are the first people I thought about. And then, you know, obviously, you know, for me, you know, I, I was fortunate to work for just, you know, one Mr. Miss Illich, one, 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 you know, ownership group the, and the family, their passion for the team. They believed in me to give me, hire me as the manager in 1997. Um, Jim Devolana, who was my mentor and really taught me the business. Scotty Bowman, you know, when I moved to Detroit in 1994 as the assistant general manager, um, got to work on an everyday basis with Jim Devolano and Scotty Bowman. It was going to Harvard for me for, for hockey. And, 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 and Jimmy D let me, I ran the draft and I, and I ran the American League team. So I had, to, I got to build an American League team and, and, and it got me prepared to build an NHL team down the, down the road. And then I, you know, obviously I talked about, uh, um, the, the scouts and, you know, Mark Howard, director of pro scouting and, and, uh, you know, there's so many people, there's so many people, but my, my first thought is about my family. And then obviously the, you know, the Mike Babcock, Scotty Bowman, Mr. Mrs. Illich, Jim Devolano, Jim Neal, you know, the people that I worked with really, really close on an, on a, on an everyday basis for long periods of time. Um, were the next group of people that uh, that I certainly thought about, and I, I called a number of them yesterday to thank them for their contribution to me um, receiving the call yesterday from Lenny. Great stuff to hear from Ken Holland, Kevin Lowe on their reactions to being named to the Hockey Hall of Fame. A big congratulations to those two gentlemen, and of course to St. Albert's Jerome McGinley, as well as Doug Wilson, Marianne Hosa, and Kim Saint. Pierre, time now for this day in hockey history. On this day in 2001, June 26th, Colorado defenseman Ray Bork announced his retirement following 22 seasons in the NHL. On June 26, 2004, Washington Capitals select left winger Alexander Ovechkin with the first overall pick in the 2004 NHL entry draft in Carolina. And finally, this is a doozy for Oilers fans especially. On this day, June 26, 2015, the Edmonton Oilers select Connor McDavid first overall at the NHL draft. It was a big day in Oilers history, and he has certainly lived up to the billing. And then some look forward to watching his career continue to blossom. It is a tremendous honor to watch him play and to get to know him a little bit and deal with him and interview him. Uh, have nothing but respect for the guy. So on this day, five years ago, Connor McDavid becomes a member of the Edmonton Oilers. That does it for this edition of Locked on Oilers. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the draft lottery, and be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on NHL 
Myself and Joe DiBiase have got you covered heading into the weekend. Take care, everyone. Have yourself a great day.